Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and with me, my co-host, Lovely Lou. Hey, how's it going, guys? Or Groovy Lou. We're going to come up with a new nickname every single session. You know, somebody did podcast. actually try calling me Groovy Lou before. And uh, <laughs> now, anytime... Actually, you've been to the studio. Yeah. Uh, if you see the recording templates and all that, it says Groovy Lou templates. I used that template, the Groovy Lou tracking template. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. That was one of my first sessions out here in L.A., Thank you for that. Not a problem. But uh, yeah, today we have a really good topic. Um, this is another one that's not so much as technical, but I think is a very important topic, especially as you grow and learn as a producer, as a songwriter, as an engineer. This, And to be honest, in life, at whatever you're pursuing, let's say anything, creative or not, like I think this is just a, a growth pattern that we see that we want to talk about um, the different stages of growth and when people get arrogant and when people get really humble and when people kind of go through the ups and downs of learning. Because unfortunately, like we've talked about this, like learning to mix, you don't realize how bad you are until it's in retrospect. <laughs> and, yeah. and unfortunately, you never realize how good you are. Like at the same time, like, so it's one of those things like, um, there's different stages. So do you have experience, Lou, with, uh, what are your thoughts about like, how was your process? Like, when did you realize you might be kind of okay? And like, do you remember ever getting arrogant and cocky? Yeah. Especially in the beginning stages. Uh, what's funny is that when I first started, I was actually in my parents' garage and, uh, you've been to the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a simple garage. In fact, it's got broken windows and all that stuff. It's poorly ventilated, not an ideal recording situation. And one of the things that drove me crazy was, you know, why don't my recordings sound like my favorite bands? You know, I was mm -hmm. a guitar player growing up. Um, played in bands with my friends and everything. But the craziest thing of all of it was once I started feeling like I was getting good or understanding, I started getting arrogant. Mm. And only whenever I'm in a room with a better, or not necessarily better, but a different engineer who actually provides a different level of quality that I feel is better than my own, that's really when it's like, ooh, reality check. You still got a lot to learn. Um, but there's so many levels of growth. Um, when I first started feeling like I got good was, you know, I've been doing this 10 years. I would say only recently, like in the last three years, like where I can say confidently, like I can actually start charging more. I can actually have a higher class of clientele and that higher class is actually happy with the work and everything, which is great. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was a lot of trials. Yeah. I, I do think it's healthy to be arrogant for a while. Like, not too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not too long, but I feel like it's also like healthy because like the fact that you think you're good 
might be part of the reason why you keep going. I think like part you enjoy of being, the process. I think part of being arrogant is actually kind of being unique in your own sense because if you genuinely think what you're doing is good, mm-hmm. keep going for it. Like honestly speaking, just there's no there's actually you know what Latin Audio said it best. I believe it was the owner that said it, uh, Brian. Uh, there's never been a hit record that wasn't unique. You know what I mean? Like if you want something to stand out, if you want your mixes or your recordings to be so influential to the masses, you have to do something that's different anyway. So part of being arrogant and believing that you are good, yeah, just kind of run with it now. Just switch up the quality, but you have to humble yourself through the process. You yeah. can't just be arrogant all the way because let's be honest, some terrible things are awesome ideas. Like my favorite uh, song from Sublime is Romeo. <laughs> um, it's a terrible recording and mix, but it's a really Sublime. amazing song. That's a really nostalgic name. Yeah, right? But... uh but it's so good that I'm like, dude, I don't even care so much about the mix. The music was that good. So they didn't really care about the mix. They just wanted to put it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there definitely is a balance between like cockiness and humility. Like at the same time, like one of my biggest problems, especially like you're helping me out here. It's like, it's not good to put yourself down and be too humble. Like I'm, I grew up being very Japanese. So up here, I think very Japanese, which is always lower yourself because like, it's the whole seniority thing. Respect your elders. Like, it's senpai. You know, senpai kohai culture. Like, it's kind of like a yeah. joke in America, but like, it's real in Japan. And like, it, to me, so it's like, for me, like, uh, but in LA, that doesn't really work at the same time. Like, so there's a balance to that. Yeah. Like, to be humble, but at the same time, like, you want to be confident. Like, an artist would, I could almost guarantee that an artist would never want to hire the mix engineer if they come into the room and the mix engineer the entire time, like, is kind of like insecurely asking, oh, is this what you want? How do you want to do this? Is this what you want? Like, to a certain degree, you got to be cocky like, and confident. Like, for example, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we had a big client the other day, and he just wanted to switch up the microphone. And um, you know what? We didn't have the specific microphone that he wanted. And then the engineer and the artist said, I just want a really bright microphone. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And I, I have a hand-built C12 clone, like I built myself. Yeah. And I showed up, I gave it to him. And he, I could have said, hey, man, like this is all we got. Like it's my, I built it myself, like kind of made a thing. But what I said, it, and I did this on purpose. I said, yo, I built this shit myself. I know it's good and it's got the highest quality parts. Like, yeah, what does it sound like? C12. And I couldn't tell that he didn't know what a C12 was. So I was like, it's bright, it's punchy. Bro, I built this myself. I know it's going to be good. And like kind of that cockiness, he's like, okay, okay, I got you, I yep. got you. And then like if if I came to that in an insecure fashion, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, no, and it's uh, I always tell people confidence is actually your biggest biggest building block. Especially let's let's say you go to New York or L.A. and you're new to the area. Biggest issue that most people have is actually portraying themselves in a way that actually translates to others in this demographic of work. Um, for instance, if you go to a label meeting as an artist and you don't know how to communicate what it is you want, or, uh, if you don't ask the questions that they are looking for you to be asking, like as far as terms and things of that nature, realistically speaking, they don't really think that you're ready for it. Uh, that's why I always tell people like, you know, true. part of growth is being confident. You know, arrogant is a nice way to start because, you Arrogance need to be broken. Yeah, exactly. You need to be broken down. Uh, for instance, uh, 
I'll tell my story later, but I've I've been chewed out a few times, but each time I was I chewed we out. Have. Oh, we but have. when you get chewed out in LA by a big name producer and artist, it's it's special because it sticks with you. It stings. You you really think you know what you're doing, but life has a way of teaching you the lessons that you need to learn. Absolutely. So yeah. tell me this is kind of how I think about this. So I, I have two things that I want to bring up. But if I were to think about this in stages. There's usually a stage of discovery where you find out that you like it. You start spending time. You know that you're nothing because uh, you just started. You might realize you might be talented for it, but it's still like it's naivety almost. We'll call it like yeah. the naive discovery stage. And then it kind of moves into that arrogant. In my opinion, I think I see it like it moves into the arrogance stage where you start to get the hang of it. You start to get better um, and you start to like realize it's good. Maybe there might be some insecurity phase before that, but usually where I find the biggest insecurity phase is the step after that, which is now you're good enough that you don't get a lot of feedback. And it's, I feel like it's the hardest growth point where yeah. you're like, kind of like you're good. So nobody has any like direct feedback for you, yeah. but at the same time, like, you know, there's room for growth. So what it results in is just a bunch of insecurity, like not realizing that you're actually kind of good. Uh, there's a, a person that sent me a mixed feedback on the podcast mm -hmm. And the mix was amazing. It was really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, my email to him was basically, hey, bro, there comes a point in time where like asking for feedback is good. Because he, he told us like some people have good feedback. Some people have no feedback. I'm just tired of like having inconsistent feedback. And I'm like, bro, there comes a time in your life that you might just kind of be good. And you have to be humble enough to understand that you might be good. And that's where the final stage comes in, which is. I call healthy confidence, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know that you're not at your best. You know, you know you're not peaked, right? Like there's yeah. so much to grow, but at the same time, now you're a little bit more confident. And this is where like people start to get really genuine. Like you meet really confident people that like, if you give them like a shit ton of list, like a huge list of revision requests, they're not going to get hurt because yeah. they know. It's yeah. like this healthy confidence. Yep. Where it, but for me, it had to come through. I had to break the boundaries of insecurity. Yep. And I've talked about this on a previous episode with Mixed with the Masters with Leslie, who did that for me. But I think that's like a really healthy way because there is a difference between cockiness and arrogance mm -hmm. and humble confidence. Like, I know I'm good, right? And I'll be cocky to you if I need to. If I'm reading the air and it find out that like being cocky is going to be better, I'm going to be cocky to you. But at the same time, like, I also know that I can learn from anything. I guarantee if I watch a 12-year-old kid mix on FL Studio, I'm going to learn something. I, I, I'm, it's silly to me that people don't take the opportunity like to learn from everything around us. Yeah. Like, have you ever talked to a homeless man? Yeah. Yo, you learn a lot yeah. from someone who's supposed to be at the bottom. Yeah. It's cr like, there's you know, never opportunities to not learn yet. I remember uh, one time my mom told me something uh, and it, it resonated with me because uh, she's like, look, I don't tell you things just because I'm your mom. It's I don't tell you things because I'm trying to, you know, be annoying or just spurt out information in my opinion. It's because I've been down that path. Yeah. And this is my experience with it. Yeah. And I'm just giving you fair warning. This is what you might experience, you know, and we hear that from other engineers like, hey, be careful with this. Be careful with that. And we always kind of think it as like, oh, they're just critiquing us or our client says, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. But in reality, it's just like, take the information you need, take it with a grain of salt and, you know, try to grow from whatever information you can. But it's crazy. Like, sometimes you can learn from the most random people. It doesn't have to be your mom, homeless guy. You don't, I, if you don't want to talk to homeless people, don't. Yeah. Whatever. But 
talk to as many people as you can in our industry. Try to learn. Like, I honestly still tell people to this day, as much credits as I have, as much work as I do, I'm still willing to intern. Oh, I'm still wanting to you're learn. You're all about that. You're like, it's like, this is the intern mentality. Like, yeah. even though you're getting paid, like, intern mentality, you run and you, yeah. you hustle. Our session that, you know, we pseudo brought up earlier, um, you know, me and DK, we were runners. We were interns. The we studio were, owners and the runners. Like, they yeah. were, and it's so funny because they said... They were so impressed with the quality of service and the client was someone that spends like on average like 200 bucks an hour for studio time plus amenities like add-ons like this guy like this is normal and he came to our studio and was just like blown away by the service. It's that intern mentality. Never stop trying to learn. Never stop telling yourself, hey, there's room for growth because the reality is we own a great spot and we're very confident in what we do. But even then, you know, you got to humble yourself because there's a lot of people who are succeeding way further than we are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, I don't know, like, for me, there was just such a struggle to get over that point, Mm -hmm. like, of insecurity into confidence. And I I was talking to uh, my artist, Macon. Um, We could talk about another episode. I actually want to do an episode about music promotion. I think that would be a fun one. That would be cool. Like promotion for an artist, but with Macon. Um, But uh, we were talking about like, you know what makes someone into the top 1% of humanity? And this is is like a really sad thing. And maybe it's not 1%. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. And and you could take it how you will with a grain of salt. But like all you have to do is believe in yourself. And then now – you're like ahead of the game if yeah. you believe in yourself. But there's a difference because if you if you are insecure and you know like there's a part of you that's insecure, then you start to like pinch pennies and like now nah, you like you everybody thinks you think everybody's trying to screw you over. Like yeah. if that's the happening, like that that ain't what I'm talking about. Yeah, what I'm talking about is like you believe in yourself that if you get screwed over, who cares? You got another one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's fine. Like there's enough people. There's enough business out here. It's not going to matter in five years. Don't give it more than five minutes. Exactly. So it's like, like that. But that's amount of confidence. And like, to be honest, that confidence turns into leverage too. And all you have to do is genuinely believe in yourself. And I think that this is an important part of mixing, because honestly, what we do, especially art in general, there's no right way to mix something. There's no, no. right answer. If I if I sat down and mixed a song five times. With my own plugins, my own speakers, my own mixes with the same exact stem, I would have five different mixes five different times. You know uh, Jesse Ray mixes? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jesse yeah. Jesse Erster was actually one of our guests on the podcast. He's been on two episodes. So now. what's funny is, uh, well, we were just messaging on Instagram um, because he made a post like answering questions about the the Burner the new Boy, Boy album. album. Yeah, yep. it sounds great. By the way, is Jesse if you're listening? Um, oh. But one of the questions that he got asked, uh, by the way, is he actually mentioned you? He's like, oh, the studio you and D have. I'm like. You know DK? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, we're tight. We're yeah, tight. Yeah. But um, one of the questions that he was asked about was, um, you know, I love what was happening with the accent snare. How did you get that going? He's like, actually, I got that from metal. There it is. You know, metal style snares. And he actually referenced the Black Album from Metallica. Really? Yeah. And he used uh. it on a Burner Boy. That metal mixing tricks used in a Burner Boy album. Yeah. Because I know he comes from a rock background. Yeah. It's just there's not a lot of rock work to be done anymore, you know, much of. There's not. It's a, it's a tight niche now. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, like still, like it's beautiful. Yeah. And to be honest, like who would think to be confident enough to try to use like, because if you're really insecure, mm-hmm. 
you'd be like, oh, that's for metal. Like I, I gotta, you know, you'd be play it safe. Like, for example, like when I was mixing my own stuff when I was trying to be an, like an artist, mm-hmm. it never turned out good because I was too safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got I got that note once. Um, I won't say which album, but I've shown it to you before. Um, but a big producer that was involved in the album heard the mixes uh, midway through the mixing stage. And his note, word for word, was, you guys are mixing it too safe. And Which I didn't understand so what that meant at all. I didn't I didn't understand. But once we got to the final version of the mixes, he, he gave his approval. He's like, that's what I was talking about. You guys stop being safe with it. And I think that's the job of the engineer. Dude, I've literally had clients say, yo, I want this to sound more like blue. <laughs> I I never, had, as an engineer, yeah. that job is to translate that emotion yeah. to like technical okay what the heck does blue mean i mean can i get purple like like can we do a little purple like this is a little like i've literally had someone say, i need i don't know how to describe it i want to sound like blue red. and i'm like okay and i don't remember exactly what i did but it's probably some sort of like eq thing where i like made it darker blue sad like say that. so i had to like like if you like and then that was our job like interpret it yeah right yeah because so, sometimes we get notes where we're like hey man can you make that slap and you don't really oh, understand what slap is oh. and then you find out it's like oh throw a limiter on it and you're like but it's okay. not always that too like slap is kind of like it's a it's an emotion right yeah exactly for different people the same are. term is a different meaning to their engineer and and that starts with like the conversation like if you exactly. have a relationship with your client like and being confident to have that conversation exactly. cuz yeah. you got to be willing to admit that you don't exactly know what they want right out the bat that's why i love talking to people and asking them for their references because I'm not going to create my own reference track. I want to know what they're listening to. Who inspired you to make this song or what uh, what vibes are you picking up on? Because I also want to know, do you have a certain vision for your own sound? Like I remember uh, there's this artist, Galaxy. She's awesome. She makes really cool, vibey music. But like when she sent me her track, I already kind of knew where she wanted to go. But she just told me, she's like, I want like ambient vibes. But that's so general. Like that could be like a Lana Del Rey kind of thing, or you could also go with like the the soul music, big hall reverbs and everything. But it ended up spooky, sexy. Yeah, that's that's the best way I could describe how the mix ended up. But like, if you have the conversation with them, you better understand, you know, what their end goal is, and you got to be willing to admit to yourself that hey, I could technically just mix it, and I don't necessarily want to ask what they want from it because maybe they don't think. Maybe they'll think I don't know what I'm doing anymore. But if you just talk to them, they actually appreciate it more. And no, then you true. end up much more confident in the end result because you know you went in the right direction. Dude, I love having clients in the room because uh, like yeah. when I'm mixing, like a lot of mix engineers hate having clients in the room. But when I'm mixing, I love having clients in the room because not only do they give me feedback in real time, but more importantly, they were part of the process. Like I've heard stories of Kanye where like he just says stuff and the mix engineer i think like uh actually leslie had mixed one of kanye's songs at one point and he told me a story like kanye wanted a revision and it was some bs and then he sent him just a mix two version of like the same file and um it was the same exact thing it was just he just renamed the file and sent it back to him and kanye said it was good and it was just he just wanted to be a part of the album so when the client is here like they're part of the they're part of the process they just want sometimes they want but like um i i really do think that there's an important point to be made here. Like, because we do music and art, which is so subjective, like, it's it's silly. Like, there's two sides of the spectrum. You have someone that's way too good 
that doesn't believe in themselves is like is inconfident. And then you have someone that's like, are you kidding me? Why are you so cocky? Like, mm-hmm. it's so weird. And like at the same time, like you just have to. There's nothing that we can really prescribe just to be self aware. I think um, one of the best ways to kind of get over yourself, I think, is like uh, I I always think about um, I always think about something that someone said once. Uh, a couple things. One thing was if you want to serve yourself, then go out and serve others, right? If the, the more you think about yourself, to be honest, that for some people that might include looking in the mirror. Like the more you look in the mirror, <laughs> like, like flex in the mirror, you know, or like the more you think about yourself, like it's closing the door to thinking about others. So if you really want to help yourself and get out, like be giving, go yeah. out and give and like do be service. Like don't expect to be screwed over. Like, don't try to get screwed over, but at the same time, like, there's way too many people out here that are making way less money than we are at a way lower level than we are that are freaking out over doing stuff for free. Yeah. You know, and then you can ask, like, I guarantee with me and Lou, like, if it opens a door at our stage, we will still do it for free. I I actually hit up Jesse Ray, and uh, before he told me that he knew you, I had actually messaged him saying, hey... Um, just so you know, you know, I know I'm a studio owner and I am confident in what I do, but I'm still interested in learning more. And, you know, if I could work with you, I'd be happy to clean the studio, help you prep sessions, this and that. That was just today. That was just me reaching out to a guy. I'm still willing to work for free if it means that I can get better at what I'm doing. Of course. You know, because people don't take into account, like, for example, like I, this is no offense to anybody out there that's working at like, for example, Target. But Target pays in one thing. It's money. But you know what an internship pays? Not in money, but in knowledge. I knowledge will, is power. Dude, I was talking about when I first moved here, I was like, I might want to like get hired at a mechanic shop because I don't know how to fix my car. <laughs> I don't care. Like, don't even pay me. Like, bro, like, let yeah. me just work at the mechanic shop so I can fix my own car. Because honestly, like knowledge is power. Like, what is the only reason why we get paid more than somebody else? It, yeah. Sure, the skill. But where does the skill come from? Knowledge. Yeah, and it comes from experience, trial and error. And sometimes, nice. let's be honest, I don't think I'm allowed to cuss, but uh, your mechanic might screw up your car. Um, sorry, I had to think of a different word. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he might screw up your car, and he's going to learn his lesson on what not to do next time. Now, in our situation, we can get chewed out by the artist, by the producer. We can get uh, told, hey, you're either taking too long or you're, or you're you're moving fast, but your quality is now lo- being lost in the process. Like we get so many notes over time that along with the knowledge, you gain experience that helps you make better decisions faster. And yeah. if anything, I always tell people an engineer as a vibe keeper, as we mentioned uh, before, uh, as the in-house job, psychologist. Yeah. I mean, we've had I conversations. Was, I literally yeah. was on a phone call talking about helping a girl, a client with a relationship problem. Yeah, like, and I, I was doing that. Boyfriend, not like, necessarily relationship, but with like, you know, boy things uh, dude, earlier we're, that we're, morning. We're yeah. the therapist for yeah. artists. But the reality is this. The less issues there are in the studio, the better. But the only reason that there is less issues is because we've actually learned how to avoid or deal with them when they do come up. So, you know, a big thing is you got to be willing to know that there's room for growth. Even at our stage, we're studio owners with tons of gear that people are always drooling over, and that's fine. But we both acknowledge that we have room for growth, and I think that's the biggest thing. We start off arrogant. We grow into confidence. We 
start questioning ourselves even after confidence because at every stage that you get better and you acknowledge that you're getting better, you still wonder what you're missing because let's be honest, there's a Jason Joshua, there's a Dave Pensado, there's a Leslie, there's a Manny Marquin, and there's always going to be somebody to look up to. But the reason that we look up to them, maybe not – Maybe it's not that they are so much better than us, but it's because they're so much more popular than us and we want some level of popularity. But the reality is they're the people that we grew up listening to. All the records that we are influenced by were worked on by the people we seek to match. But because of that, I'm never willing to stop growing. I have to tell myself as good as I am, there's still room for growth. And I think that's something that's lost in the early stages. As good as you may think you are, you may not be ready for certain situations. And I feel like that's Amen. where we train our interns and assistants. You know, sometimes it's like, hey, you know, I want you behind the SSL, but you're not ready for that Yo, yet. Yo, if and I it's put you in front of the console you. right now, you might quit. Yeah. If I put you in front of a certain producer and you make a mistake, you might cry. Yeah, for real. It's like it's it's you have to get to a certain point to get to the next point. Yeah. And unfortunately, you got to be willing to take a step dude, back. Dude, this too. is a, this is the new phrase for this episode. Retrospect retrospect is a bitch. Like honestly, like yeah. it's like Have you listened to a mix of yours 5 years ago? To to be honest, like for me, I have and it's terrible. I think it's terrible, but at the time I thought it was amazing. Yeah, no, for me it's like I look down on myself so much. It's like there's no way that it could have sounded good 5 years ago that I have such low expectations of my old mixes that when I listen to it I'm like, "Oh, it Not wasn't that, that bad, bad actually. <laughs> um, I told you, there was the album that I ended up calling the artist the next day after listening to it. Uh, me and uh, our friend Moochie, we were just sitting here till like six in the morning listening to different music and how it's all connected. And there's so much influence between genres that you can jump from one genre like pop and then end up in metal within, you know, three songs. You know, you can connect them by different bands that were influenced by another group. But the reality is this. I showed him one of the albums that took a long time to mix. And me and the producer were not confident when we first released it because we were like, dude, we put so much time into it and it is what it is. We ran out of time. The label's asking for it. But then I listened to it three years later and I'm blown away. Like it made all the long nights worth it. It, it, it was heartwarming to see like if you really give it an honest shot, trust me, you will be surprised years later. You may not feel confident about it in the morning, but Sometimes listening back, you'd be surprised at how much you've grown or it'll show the proof of the work. You know, you may still be inconfident now or inconfident's not a word, but you may not be confident right now in your work. But who knows, in two years, you may listen back and be like, actually, I've been doing great this whole time. Yeah, no, it's true. And on that note, um, we always promote this every episode, but we do mixed feedback. We're actually, right after recording this episode, we're about to sit in front of the computer and give feedback together. Yeah. Um, try that out for a size and see what happens. But uh, um, send us an email. Right now, the current email, which will change in the future, but right now, um, send an MP3 file. Uh, please email us. Don't DM me your files. I want to be able to listen to it um, from the computer in the studio setting so I have like good feedback for you. Um, send it to D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com. That's D-K mixes, D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com. And uh, you know what, Lou? We we were talking, we've been planning for more, you know, levels up for this podcast and what we're going to be doing. I'm going to tell you right now, we have some amazing people and sponsors and things oh, yeah. lined up. Um, it's slow. It's slow. But uh, we're busy. I think I've slept 15 hours in the last seven days. Like, I think uh, two days in a row, we went home at seven in the morning. And woke up at 10 in the morning. Like, it was yep. like, 
we are not sleeping for you. We are hustling. We are working. And to be honest, like, I think this is going to be awesome. I think the podcast is going to grow into something really big. Um, and now because honestly, because we're in LA, we have access to big names and because Lou's here, we got access to big names and, um, I'm just really, really excited for where this podcast is going. We're hoping to blow this up and, you know, be a short version of uh, a short and less clouded version, no clouded version, (laughs) a shorter, uh, uh, version of, uh, Dave Pensado kind of a thing where it's like, just, just way shorter. And also like we have less cloud. (laughs) Yeah. Dave is a king, but (laughs) yeah. But uh, I think it's good. we have a cool direction with some cool people, and um, maybe we should do something like in what was it in the cave or? Oh yeah, what? no, we're gonna do uh, the mix down, a the series mixdown. of mix downs. Yeah, the mix down. Uh, well, you see, well, we might start doing tutorials. More you might t- hear more me tutorials. referencing math and music. Uh oh, it's terrible. Uh oh. But on that note, uh, please keep mixing, keep making music. Don't stop making music. Stay saucy and happy mixing, my friends. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.